Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TixSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TixSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Halitech Hall. It's Double A and the man himself, Mr. Michael Halitech. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Aaron. Hey, it's here. We're at we're at Packer Week. We are uh, we we delayed our broadcast to cover a lot of stuff that's happened over the past few days. So uh, we are coming at you on Monday, Labor Day. We've got a great, just a jam-packed show. We're going to be talking, of course, roster. We're going to talk uh, the practice squad. We're going to talk tick splits and the promotions they're doing uh, with us. Uh, we got a special guest coming on, and uh, tell us uh, about this guy. Uh, well, if you uh, follow the Bears on Twitter, I'm sure you know him. He is Greg Braggs Jr. Uh, he is the man who is out at every training camp practice. It seems like he's out at every single game. Uh, he's a big, probably the biggest Bears fan in town. Um, you know him from uh, his appearances on the Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN Radio. And he's just an all-around great guy, a fantastic fan, fantastic ambassador for the Bears. And, uh, you know, he's just uh, he's he's a guy that, you know, when you listen to him, you get fired up uh, about the Bears. And so it's always a great opportunity to uh, chat with uh, our man, Greg. And then after Greg comes on, we're going to talk a little bit about Bears history, as we always do. And then we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to in Thursday's game. So without further ado, uh, the roster came out on Saturday. Very little surprises in the roster. Uh, I think some of the uh, people on Bears Twitter who think that they are general managers were upset at a couple of picks. Most notably, uh, Mr. Bars uh, didn't make the 53-man team, and everybody was just crying. Oh, my God, I can't believe Pace did this. Uh, Well, 31 other teams decided that he wasn't worthy of a roster spot either in Sunday morning. Of course, he landed on practice squad. But, uh, uh, you know, as far as the starters go, the entire entire offense, except for Jordan Howard, is back. But some would say that, that Tariq Cohen was more of a, of a featured back in the Bears' office, offense last year. Uh, they added some crucial parts, and, and I can't state that enough, some crucial parts with uh, with Riley Ridley on the squad, with uh, Wims. Hopefully, Wims won't be on the inactive list, even though he made the squad last year. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I, I'm just so excited to see what this guy can bring to the offense. And 
you know, come Thursday night, you know, there's going to be some things that the Packers haven't seen out of this team, even though they, they were brand new in offense and they shocked the hell out of them in the first game of, of last year. One of the knocks on Trubisky was after he got done with the scripted plays, he suffered a little bit. Well, I don't think you're going to see that this year. I think he's going to be dynamite from the opening snap right through the end of the game. Uh, of course, Aaron Rodgers is with a new offensive coordinator, which he hasn't been in that situation quite a, t- quite a time. Their offense, uh, we don't know what to expect from that offense because they didn't take any first-string snaps during the preseason either. So it's going to be interesting to see what Green Bay does offensively versus the best defense in the league. Offensively, they're going up a Green Bay defense that really hasn't changed much from last year. They added a couple of faces, but uh, there appears to be some gaps in that defense. Their first-string defense was on the field uh, at the beginning of the year, and uh, they didn't look that great. Aaron, what's, uh, what's your take on our roster? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, you know, I agree with what you said. Um, you know, the uh, interesting things I think about this about this preseason is that because we were sort of forced to watch nothing but the second string and third string guys, people uh, fell in love with a lot of them. Um, you know, you you had people really, really thinking that guys like Clifton Duck and and um, you know some of these guys were going to make the roster where there, there was really no chance that that was probably going to happen. I mean, just because, you know, they uh, made a couple of plays in the preseason against a third string, um, you know, certainly doesn't mean that they, uh, you know, are going to be on the roster. Uh, And that's something that I think Bears fans have to kind of get used to them. The fact that every year we are going to be cutting talented players. Um, You know, you saw uh, Bunting recently got picked up by the Jets onto their practice squad. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, I think there was some worry about Alex Bars uh, because he did look excellent, and, and people have been uh, concerned about the swing tackle, backup tackle position, and he really sort of surprisingly stepped in and played uh, very well, um, especially in the game where Tyler Bray looked so good. Um, but at the end of the day, Cornelius Lucas is a veteran, and I think they felt fairly confident that Bars was going to make it to the practice squad. And you mentioned Lester, um, you know, and he pointed out, rightly so, that 99% of the players who get cut, especially uh, undrafted free agents, et cetera, that, that the teams want to put on their practice squad, they get them there. It's not as if, you know, these UDFAs are just – changing hands because they have if you pick someone up off of waivers you have to put them right on your 53-man roster it's not like you can just skip over that and put them onto the practice squad so it it's not as dramatic as everybody makes it i mean i like alex bars and and they also kept the kid mustafer um out of notre dame and they and they of course why wouldn't they want to stay with harry he stand um, you know, and, and Mustafer was taking snaps, so that was nice to see. Um, I like the fact that they rewarded Josh Woods um, because he he sort of flashed in the beginning of the preseason, but then didn't have as much going on, so it wasn't really certain whether he was going to, um, you know, be on the roster. But but they they rewarded the work that he did last year, I think, too, in addition to the progress he's made this year. Um, you know, I think that. Um, 
you know, you were talking about what what wide receiver might be inactive on game day, and and I think it's probably going to end up being Riley Ridley more often than not. Um, you know, for whatever reason, and I don't really understand the reasoning behind this. They only you know activate 46 uh, players, um, so you're going to have more. You know, you know, you have more players on the roster than you have active on game day for whatever reason. Uh, nobody's really explained to me why that is, but it's uh, it's a rule, and so you're going to have some guys that are inactive. Um, and I think he's probably going to be one. Maybe Kareth White uh, will be another. Um, at this point, um, I would say the only maybe surprises of of some of the guys that are that that you know kind of went away are maybe Dax Raymond. Um, you know, I think people thought he might end up on the practice squad. Of course, we ended up with Horstead, who looked really good in the last preseason game, and Thomas Ives um, as well. Um, you know, we're, uh, I'm predicting that Thomas Ives uh, is the new Tanner Gentry. Um, so he's going to, you know, he's he's going to be the king of Bourbonnais. Uh Hopefully he can make it to the practice squad because the guy's definitely got some hands, or make it to the team at some point. He's definitely got some hands. Um, and other than that, I mean, pretty much what I thought was going to happen, um, you know, they're, they're a little heavier at linebacker than maybe some people thought they would be on the inside linebacker. Uh, but Kevin Pierre Lewis is there largely for special teams. And I think that, you know, again, unfortunately where we're sitting right now is, uh, the, um, tight end position is a worry. Uh, you had Trey Burton not practice yesterday. Um, and, you know, so here we are with uh, Broniker and Soul and, you know, the uh, often uh, questionable and much maligned Adam Shaheen. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, as you just mentioned, that Patterson uh, and his usage is going to now, he's not going to play tight end, but, you know, he's not going to line up on, on the line. But but I think he's going to get enough touches that maybe we won't miss um, the production uh, that we might get from a tight end. But, but you know, Burton being out is certainly a concern. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think, you know, we've got a, got a top flight roster. Um, and it's looking, you know, it's looking very promising. Uh, they also, uh, as many predicted would happen, they gave Cody Whitehair a nice contract extension. So, that's great to see um, a guy who's never missed a game and, uh, you know, it's just a stalwart um, and can play really anywhere on the line you need him to. So, uh, you know, we've uh, we've come a long way. Uh, nearly, um, I think all but five players on this roster are Ryan Pace draft picks or acquisitions now at this point. So this is really his, his roster completely now. And, uh, you know, I think they're uh, they're ready to go. Absolutely. It is interesting to note that there's only one, when you look at their traditional 3-4 uh, defense, there's only one starter that is different than, than the starting 11 that took the field last year against Green Bay. And that, of course, is HaHa Clinton-Dix replacing uh, Adrian Amos, who we'll be facing in week one. It would be so nice to see Adrian Amos get burned for a long touchdown, uh, given, <laughs> yeah, some that of the, yeah, given some of the grief that some of our, our Bears Twitter general managers 
stated when when we didn't match uh, Amos's offer from from Green Bay. On offense, it's it's pretty much absolutely the same as it was last year. The obvious difference is uh, Tariq Cohen is is shown as the first string running back where he wasn't the first string running back last year. Of course, Jordan Howard was, but you've got Tariq Cohen. Uh, second string is Mike Davis. David Montgomery is third string. David Montgomery, Cordero Patterson is second string wide receiver behind Taylor Gabriel. I think you're going to see a lot of those guys on the field. Uh, I'm thinking at least 20 snaps for each one of those guys. So it's it's you know it's it's a hell of a roster. And the nice part about this roster, Aaron, is I wish we were doing this this show a couple of years ago. Because a couple of years ago, our starting 22 probably wasn't our starting 22 uh, three weeks into the season because of additional roster moves that happened. And, you know, Matt Nagy came out and said, I don't like my roster. I'm not changing my roster. I like my practice squad. You know, I think you'll see some guys come off of that practice squad and get moved around because they do that all the time. Uh, but I don't think you'll see as much of it this year. I think you might see uh, Bears practice squad team members uh, get signed by other teams. And it's nice to know that that our roster is so deep. Yeah, are there holes? There's going to be holes in every roster on every NFL team. Would we like to see better depth at the tight end position? Absolutely. But look at this wide receiver core. Let me just go over this. Taylor Gabriel, Cordero Patterson, Allen Robinson, Javon Wims, Anthony Miller, and Riley Ridley. Take a look at that compared to what it was just two seasons ago. What do you think? Oh, completely. I mean, the, the wide receiver position is absolutely transformed. I would say that top to bottom, uh, as I think we've mentioned before, this this wide receiver core is the deepest perhaps ever. I mean, um, you know, th- typically when the Bears have ever had any sort of top flight receivers, it's been maybe two guys. Not, I mean, you have legitimately four uh, receivers now, um, you know, and and definitely three. I mean, Miller, Gabriel, and Robinson are guys who you could really put on any team, pretty much, and they would compete for a for a top two uh, or one position on that team. Um, and then you know, I don't know what Riley Ridley is going to be, but um, they certainly have raved about him, you know, and his uh, his route running. Uh, so you know, I think we're going to see. We're going to see him um, again. I think he might be the one who's inactive. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, it, even with the issues at tight end, there is no shortage of weapons. Um, I think the Bears probably are going to be a little frustrating for fantasy uh, <laughs> players just because there's, they're going to spread the ball around so much. And you talk about the running back position. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about how Mitch has to throw it deep and Mitch has to do that. Well, I really think we are going to run the ball a surprising amount. And I think there's going to be a ton of passes to the running back. So there's going to be a lot of yards after catch. And I think Mitch is going to certainly have to be able to throw it deep to loosen up the defense. But, 
this is not going to be a situation where Mitch is constantly, you know, being asked to, to, you know, make 30 yard completions and, you know, 40 yard completions to move the ball. Um, I just think that, you know, he's going to do what Nagy and him have talked about, which is get the ball to the playmakers and be a point guard. And he's got, he's got the weapons. It's going to be really, really challenging for any team to cover all of our weapons. And guess what? The Packers have a terrible linebacking core right now. Like Blake Martinez is their best linebacker and he's not great. Um, you know, he would not make the bears. Let's put it that way. He would not make a lot of teams. So I'm going to be really interested to see how they think they're going to cover our running backs. I mean, you know, it's it, it could be a, a field day uh, for for Tariq. Um, and in terms of who starts at the running backs, I think you're right. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I think that Mike Davis will probably the, be the one who takes the field first because he's the, you know, he's the veteran. Um, but I think Tariq Cohen will be on the field at the same time with him. And then you're going to see a mix and match. And it's going to be depending on what Nagy likes in the, in the matchups, that's who's going to get the carries. But the biggest thing about this offense is that what Nagy wants is what he has now is a, is a offense where when they put their personnel on the field, the defense is going to go, I don't know what they're going to do. you just can't tell and that's you know and that's you know a lot of people were were upset about ryan nall not making the team but it's you know we talked about ryan nall looked great in the preseason and and he's you know he's going to be on the practice squad or whatever but he's a guy that unfortunately when he comes on the field he's kind of like a a jordan howard it's like okay well ryan nall's on the field we kind of have an idea of what they won't do with him on the field so i mean you know it's uh it's it's a good problem to have. And then you've got Kareth White hanging out. I think he'll be on the field as special teams, uh, probably get some returns, which is good, take a little bit of that off of Tariq. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just going to be so exciting. I mean, to, for the Bears to have an offense like this and to have offensive players like this, I mean, Bears fans don't know what this is. Like, this is like, the you know, the Dick Vermeil Rams you know, um, teams with Marshall Falk and, 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 and Tory Holt and <clears throat> Azakim and, you know, the greatest show on turf. I mean, you know, if, if there's ever been a time where a soldier field needed a retractable roof and some field turf, this is the year. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Amen. You know, last word on the wide receivers. We, we've just praised the, the depth on this team and how it's gone through this, dynamic change just in the last two years. Bears signed Marvin Hall uh, from Atlanta, and he didn't make the team. He didn't make the team three years ago, two years ago. This guy's probably a starter on the same squad. That tells you a little bit about the depth behind uh, the Bears wide receiver core. So the 53 roster is set. The practice squad is set. It's going to be a lot of fun. we are moving on. Our, our sponsorship, uh, as always, is through TickSplits.com. TickSplits.com uh, does not have service fees, and they have given us two pair of tickets. We're running two different promotions. The first promotion is only for the people that listen to our podcast. That's two tickets for the September 29th game against the Minnesota Vikings. And all you have to do to enter is listen to this podcast. 
uh, you're going to send an email to us at Halitech Hall, just how it says it on their, our, our Twitter page, H-A-L-A-T-E-K Hall, at gmail.com. You're going to put Bears tickets in the subject line and in the body of the email. All we need is your real name and your Twitter handle, and you're registered for the tickets, and we'll be giving those away sometime this month because the game is the 29th of this month. And then the second set of tickets is for the uh, November 10th game against the Detroit Lions, and all you have to do is, is follow us, retweet this message that we post on Twitter all the time, uh, follow, follow Tick Splits, follow Halitech Hall. We only are about 110 people away from getting to the goal that we set of 500. Once we get to 500, we're going to draw the winner for those two tickets. So ticksplits.com, every ticket, every venue, everywhere. It's not just sports tickets. It's not just beers tickets. It's sports, it's concerts, it's Broadway shows. And we're going to be right back with a special guest after this word from ticksplits.com. So you're looking for great ticket deals. Who is it? Well, TixBlitz.com has you covered. From the biggest sporting events to Broadway shows and concerts, TixBlitz.com has the best ticket selection at the very best prices out there and no service fees. So the price you see is the price you pay. Plus, TixBlitz.com donates up to 25% of their proceeds to charity. TixBlitz.com has the tickets you want when you want them. Go to T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com today. That's TixBlitz.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. All right, welcome back, everybody. And we are very excited here at Halitech Hall to introduce our guest. You, of course, know him from Twitter. It's Greg's Bragg, Greg Braggs Jr. Uh, he has a great show called Shy Fans in the Stands, uh, where him and his co-host Joe Mandel, uh, who are at a ton of games, um, just bring you uh, firsthand experience from real fans uh, who are at White Sox and Cubs and Blackhawks and Bears games. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a great show to listen to if you're a Chicago sports fan. Uh, but of course, right now, the Bears are getting ready to take center stage uh, in our sports world. Um, it looks like the Cubs uh, might not uh, be uh, competing for our attention um, here in the in the month of October. But we'll see what happens. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Greg Braggs, Jr. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on again. I always enjoy talking some ball with you guys. Hey, Greg, this is Mike Halitech, and I, I can't tell you how pleased we are for you to come on our show. We obviously know you've got uh, another podcast on another network, a great network, by the way. So oh, that's before, nice we, before we get into uh, our Bears talk, please give us a couple minutes of, about Shy Fans in the Stands. Well, yeah, like Double A was just saying, you know, we're, you know, I, I wanted people to know who we are and what what we do. And for me as a fan, I like going to the games. There's a lot of fans that don't. They want to stay home, save their money, watch it on TV. Totally understand that. But I, I think what I've found here in the last year or two is that fans enjoy seeing the perspective of what is going on at the game. They may not necessarily want to go every time like I do, but they do like to, you know, uh, take in what, you can see as a fan. So, you know, just for us, me and Joe, we, 
we, we try to give everyone the fans perspective, whether that's talking about the sports or, or even talking about the experience of going to the games, uh, what you're eating, where to sit, you know, um, how to, you know, meet a player. If you want to get an autograph or things like that, you know, it, you know, a lot of, there's a, so many analysts and so many, you know, people out there trying to do different things. I'm just a fan. I always have been, always will be. That's never going to change. I'm, I'm the David Kaplan model of sports analyst fan. And so we try to keep it light, talk about the sports that we're seeing on TV, obviously, but also just try to, uh, just give fans as much information as we can, how to get into the state like this whole thing coming into the stadium. If you're going on Thursday, everything's mobile tickets. And it is for me a serious concern because, you know, Cubs did the same thing, but they have so many different gates. The bears, it's 60,000 fans pillaging into the, the lot, the stadium at one time. And the bobbleheads might change that a little bit, but it's going to be the same thing at 1130 to 12 o'clock before kickoff on a regular noon game or for this game it'll be a night game so 20 minutes before kickoff look out bears fans you better have your ticket ready on your phone pulled up before you even walk up to that line because service is going to be a problem and they're going to have a problem being able to you know uh get there's going to be so many people that don't know how to use the tickets it's just i'm really interested to see how they manage that but that's kind of what our show is about is talking about you know, the experience of a fan and some of the do's and don'ts that you're going to do when you go to a game. So, you know, the, we, we, we break down the games. We analyze what we think we saw, but we leave that to the to the smarter people. We like to bring on different beat writers and different uh, players, if they if they will, and talk to them about their expertise. But our expertise is from the fan side of it. So we decided to call it – we were going to call it two fans in the stands – but I really wanted people to understand that we're from Chicago. We are Chicago, so we called it Shy Fans in the Stands. And it's been great. We we're six episodes in, get ready to do Bears Packers on Tuesday night at uh, 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. Central. And we got the the great Jim Cornelison coming on to uh, uh, kick it off. He's going to be singing the uh, uh, national anthem for the kickoff of the 100th season of the NFL. And you, you know him from the Blackhawks and, and Bears games and everything else that he does. And, you know, him and uh, John Vincent, they're two of the best. Uh, they got two of the best pipes in the city. So we're looking forward to having Jim on. But, yeah, that's that's what we do, shy fans and stands. We, we just try to bring it from the fans' perspective, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, I, I we thank you, um, and and obviously I've been following you now for gosh, it's been over a year um, since we first kind of you know discovered Greg Braggs from live from training camp, and um, you know, and and it's always, um, I mean, I honestly think I spend have spent more time this preseason watching your Twitter feed than the actual games. <laughs> um, like there's times where, and this is weird. And I, I always find myself going, this is weird, but I, I almost like watching Twitter as much as I like watching the game sometimes and not necessarily like the actual bears game, but if, you know, especially during the preseason. So I just thank you for, you know, you, what you bring to that. I mean, it seems like, um, you're always in these spots where it's like, how the hell did Greg get there? Um, you know, and I, and I'll, I told this story before, but when we went to the game last year in December, we were all together. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, 
Greg is on the field. Like, where, <laughs> where did Greg go? And then all of a sudden, Greg is on the field. And it's just classic Bragg's. Uh, you know, you disappear for two seconds, and next thing you know, he's in the locker room. He's, uh, <laughs> he's he's doing an interview with with George McCaskey. And two, I got a shout out the other day. I don't know how many people actually saw this, but that was an awesome photo that you took of George McCaskey looking at the spot where uh, the uh, Hallis uh, statue is going to be. So uh, kudos to you. It's that kind of stuff that, um, you know, I think you're just really dedicated to to getting, you know, that, that we don't see. I mean, you're not seeing people like the beat writers because, you know, at the end of the day, the beat writers, and they'll tell you this, they lose their fandom. They have to in a certain way. There has to be a certain level of um, objective quality to the way that they look at things and and I think that as a Chicago sports fan most of us tend to think that the beat writers have you know go too far and are too cynical about the yep. team um, and you know uh, what's cool about this team is that it's forced even some of the most cynical writers to to, to crack that <laughs> a little bit you know it's like can you guys relax because this is actually a fun interesting team but just you know and that's what's great about you is you are you are really there and everything you do is from the heart of a fan it's not about like let me show everybody how cool I am for getting in here it, it never feels that way and for a lot of people, who try to do similar things for whatever reason, it feels like, Oh, this is just a person trying to get clout online. But, uh, just, I think you're just so genuine and it comes across, um, you know, that, that it doesn't happen that way. And it just seems that you get like this, you know, the most interesting things like that. I mean, nobody expected that Packer fan that you filmed to, uh, to all of a sudden basically just spend five minutes, like praising the bears. And yeah. I personally, I personally think he was doing it for his girlfriend slightly, but <laughs> the Bears fan, but still, that was wild. Like, it was just like, because normally you expect all these Packer fans that you that you uh, find at these different things to, you know, oh, but it's like, even they can't deny what this team is. So Yeah, talk about a culture change. I mean, yeah. that was shocking, you know. I, that's one of my favorite things to do is harass a Packer fan. You'll see him at training camp or at the draft party or whatever Bears event. There's always one guy that comes and wears all his Packer stuff. And so I always make a point to try to give him a little harassment. It's always in good fun. I don't ever try to cross the line on being nasty towards him, but try to keep it jovial. If I tell they're, you know, a hardo type fan, I'll leave them alone. But if I tell they're, they're if I can tell they're cool, I'll, I'll do something where I mess with them a little. And yeah, this last fan, it was unbelievable. He goes on a two minute diatribe about how much he's impressed by the bears and Mitch Trubisky. And he thinks they're going to win 35. The bears are going to win 35 to 14. My head just exploded. I, I couldn't believe it. I don't think I've <laughs> ever heard a Packer fan talk to a bears fan like that. I, it was truly, I don't think I, in my whole lifetime as a bear fan, I mean, I, I was born in 1985. So I was two months old when they won it. I've never experienced a Packer fan talking to a bear fan like we have the upper hand ever in my life. It was truly, it was shocking. He was as nice as could be. We exchanged information and stuff, but yeah, it was, uh, it was just uh, interesting. You know, it, it, as a Cub fan, when the, when the Cubs started to overtake the Cardinals a few years ago, and now here they are back, but we'll leave that alone. They, it, you could feel the culture changing with the Cub fans where it finally stopped being the little brother thing. And they started 
believing that they were the better team. And then you started seeing the other fans start to kind of defer and, and not pump their chest out. And I think for bears and Packer fans, we're like in that tweener spot where they don't quite want to let go of that stranglehold that they've had for two decades on us, but you can feel it. And I think that guy was just kind of uh, the truth serum that is Packer fans and most of them, if you gave them truth serum, I think that that's what they'd be saying. You know, I think there's a little bit of defensiveness because they just kind of, we jumped the shark on them last year. And, you know, after the first game, they it looked like we were going to blow them out. And then they had one of their most epic comeback wins ever. So they, they were holding on to that. And then by the end of the season, we're, we're burying them. But you know, the bears finish the season the way they do. So now here we are bears, 100, three days away. And you know, it couldn't be, it's just as big of a stage as it was last year, if not a little more. And, you know, I, I I'm so excited for Thursday. I'm nervous. I just want them to beat the pants off this team, but you know, in football, we know that's not the case. And, you know, it's probably going to be a close game and you just got to hope that um, Nagy and Mitch are, are ready for this because, you know, like I was saying the other night, we got both sides of Twitter, uh, football Twitter, sharpening their knives when it comes to who's right and who's wrong with Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. And none of this is going to be decided after one week, but it's going to feel like it when the game is over, win or lose. So it's a... Uh, it's exciting. I can't wait. We've been waiting since the double doink to redeem this moment. And, you know, I, it's just, I just want to see it. You know, I'm, I'm uh, not big. I don't, sometimes I get afraid to make too, too big of a prediction and I don't want to jinx things, but I do feel good about the game. You just never know. So I just need to see it. I truly just need to see it. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous if I had to be honest. <laughs> you know, I I live uh, up in Wisconsin, just uh, just about six miles north of the Illinois border. So uh, in my full time job, I'm inundated with a lot of Packer fans. And I was last year. I felt about last year's first game uh, the way I do about this year. I, there's no way that the Bears are going to lose this game, and they're up by 20 going into the second half. And then Rodgers did. Uh, you know, he he did his best Brett Favre imitation of a miraculous comeback, and we all know the what happened there. But but then, you know, they they kind of fell apart after that. Greg, I gotta I gotta ask you this question: What do you think of the Bears roster, the way it was put together this year? There's uh, a lot of guys out in in Bears Twitter that were just uh, up in arms about the fact that uh, a couple of the guys that are ended up landing on the practice squad, uh, like like Duck and Waters and Bars, didn't make the, the 53 team. And, and of course, anybody that's got a keyboard and a social media account thinks they can do better than the coaching staff and the general manager. What's your take on this year's roster? Well, I'm certainly not one of those people. I, I, I always caution myself to get overly excited about players that I don't know that much about, you know, when I, as a fan, when I watch a guy for 16 games on TV and at the games, I can tell you as a fan, what I believe in a player. But when people ask me, Oh, what did you think of Vauders at camp? I am not the type of evaluator that can go to camp and definitively tell you 
how James Waters is looking. I'm sorry. It's just not who I am. When I go to camp, I'm watching everyone, and if somebody flashes, I'll say so. But it, it, it's it's almost impossible to, like, sit there. Everybody's like, uh, the tight ends. You know, it's a little easier offensively because they throw the ball. You know, but there is no tackling. So D-line, linebacker, O-line. There's just so many positions that you're sitting there running back that you're like, I don't know. How am I supposed to evaluate these guys? They're not even going 70% right now. You know, it's it's just for me – if I look at the practice squad, it's fine. You know, uh, it, you know me, my heart breaks for my guy, Tanner Gentry. Uh, they went with Thomas Ives over <laughs> him and that's fine. You know, Ryan Pace believes, you know, he's a bigger target, whatever, you know, I get it. You know, you, you have a project, you know, and you want to work They're They're, they're cashing in their chips with Tanner and now they're going to work on Thomas. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a long list in that wide receiver group. So, you know, best of luck to Tanner. Hopefully he can stick with somebody that has a, a, a not as deep of a roster, you know, and sometimes you want to change that up and get a project in here that takes a little more time. Cause you got guys in the stable right now, you know, uh, at, you know, the, the, the lineman from Notre Dame, everyone thought he was a lock because he was playing tackle and guard. And that would have made a lot of sense to me, but you know, it's kind of like the same thing with Chase Daniel. You know, like people are talking about veterans, you know, uh, Cornelius Lucas or Chase that aren't getting it done in preseason. Uh, you know, they're veterans for a reason. And, you know, Nagy has to be able to trust the guys he needs to put in in a pinch. These aren't the guys we're trusting to put in, you know, to start. This isn't what we're talking about here. That was two years ago's conversation of roster moves and the final cut day. We were talking about guys that were going to have to play for us. The guys we're talking about right now are guys that potentially could play some snaps, but the only way they're going to be a significant role player is if someone gets hurt. And, you know, I know that you got to worry about that stuff, but that's Ryan Pace's job. That's not my job to worry about, you know, all this, you know, the fifth guy on the depth chart. So yeah, Alex bars are, you know, these guys, it sounds great. You know, I, I've got no issue with anybody on the practice squad. I got no issue with the guys they decided to keep. You know, uh, Ryan Pace knows a heck of a lot more than I do about any of this stuff. I've seen all these guys, but, you know, it's uh, the Bears are loaded. This is the most loaded team I've ever seen. They came into camp with only having to pick between a few, the last three spots on the roster. Everything else was decided, you know. And, uh, you know, honestly, if you're going to evaluate anything with Ryan Pace, it's all eyes on the kicker position. I, you know, I, you know, James Vaughters and all these other guys, they're, they're interesting um, guys going forward in the future, but I'm worried about 2019 and the, the kicker position was, was the only roster spot that seemed like had any kind of um, matter to it the whole time. And, you know, here we are with Eddie Pinheiro now going into week one and, I feel okay about him. I'm not going to say I feel great, but he's got a strong leg. And I just, you know, I don't know what to expect from him week one. And uh, I kind of feel like it's almost like a relief pitcher. You know, you just hope he gets off to a good start so it can, that momentum can carry itself through because if he misses some kicks, it could get real ugly there. You know, as far as the boo birds are concerned at soldier field. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good point you make about a, a, mo- everything you said. I agree with. I think um, you could go to camp every single day, and it's impossible to keep track of what's going on. It's so hard to tell. I mean, I'm, you know, and and these guys, uh, some of these guys who are on Twitter, you know, making like 
moment by moment evaluations based on what's going on camp. I'm like, this is cool. But a lot of times I'm like, how? No, like, I don't believe that you're even seeing what you're seeing because you go out to Bourbon A and it's hot and it's hazy and there's 90 guys and 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 a lot of them have the same number. I mean, yep. there must have been there must have been four number 47s this year. Yep. Like I was just like, who the you you can't tell what's going on and not even the coaches all the time know what the hell's going on. They gotta watch the film. The yeah, whole thing's being taped. You know, there's so, three different fields. They're right. spread out. Like you said, there's 90 players. Right. They're they're doing different groups right. with different with second team, with first team, right. third team, with second team, third team versus first team. It's impossible. It's, it's impossible yeah. to like make definitive conclusions. Now, if a guy just completely flashes, sure. Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller, you could see it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, could I say something definitively of from camp? Yeah, this defense is gonna be unbelievable. Yep. They're they're loaded, and they might not give up any yards on the run. That I can see that, but there's just the little things. You know, I can remember right. last year where people are like. You know, how does Kylie Fitz look? <laughs> I don't know, you know. Right. Uh, forgive I mean, yeah, me. Yeah, you can't tell at camp. I mean, you really, it's I'm so hard. I'm watching Taylor Gabriel. I'm watching Anthony. I'm watch, you right. know, that's what you do as a fan, you know. I mean, right. There's some people that pay attention to online play. I don't really, I'm watching, but I'm only taking what I can from it. I'm not going to, I'll never pretend to be someone I'm not. I'm not someone that, right. I didn't. I never played the game. I didn't play in high school. I've been watching my whole life as a fan. So, I, I'm never gonna go there and try to pretend to be someone I'm not. I'm I'm gonna say what I see as a fan, but I'm only gonna go that far with it. You know, and like you said, people want to make definitive conclusions. That's fine. You know, you're out there. You're allowed to have an opinion, but right. uh, you know, it's kind of a a pointless exercise because you're you're gonna end up your whole everything you're saying is gonna end up being completely opposite. Two months right. later, and yeah, I, as someone and, that's gone to camp, I've seen that a million times. I mean, right. Jay, Jay Cutler had days where he didn't throw one interception, or, right. or uh, you know, every, it, it doesn't always work the way you think it looks at camp, you know. Well, and, that's and, and and I think that about nobody's like Gentry or yeah. Braverman or you know all these other guys. Right. You just don't know how it's going to translate. They, they, what ends up happening too is there ends up sort of being like a groupthink that goes on. I think because you know you start to see some of these opinions that really sort of came out of nothing take on a life of their own. And then all it takes is for one, you know, writer like Rich Campbell or Weederer who tend to be kind of negative or at least focus on that. And then you get one guy, Cherry Pickett, who's a national guy. And all of a sudden it becomes Mitch looks terrible at camp and they're shrinking the playbook for him. And it's like, dude, I'm at camp. Like how, how could, how could Javon Wims look great and Mitch be bad? Like Mitch is throwing the ball to Javon Wims. Like right. it doesn't make sense. Like the, these these narratives sort of end up like living in a vacuum, independent from one another, you know. And it's like how I, so it, it's just it's just silly. Like and, and like you said, it's time to see real football. I mean, we watched the third stringers and the second stringers in the preseason, and people fell in love with them, you know, uh, Clifton Duck and these guys. But it's like, you know what? Now the big boys, the first stringers, are, are going to play football, and thank God, because <laughs> it's time to see some real action and stop yeah. talking about all this, uh, you know, fake stuff. Yeah, it's been a season of hi- hypothetical arguments, and right. I want no part of it. I- I'm sitting there, we're just waiting for week one just like you guys and we'll be able to 
actually break down four quarters of football and 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 no more what ifs. You know, we're gonna find out what this team is made up Thursday night. And I honestly could not be more excited. I mean, last year I was as fired up as any fan, but it was an uncertainty as to how the season would go and if they were definitely a good team. This season, I know they're a good team. It's just a question of how it's gonna shake out. Just because you're a good team doesn't guarantee you a spot in the playoffs. You know, it, it, you got to start fast. You can't go 0 and 2. You can't can't um, slip on the banana peel, so to speak. You got to come out swinging this year. And uh, you know, it's just it's one of the most exciting times in my lifetime to be a Bears fan. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait to be there. You reminded me of the uh, of the 1985 season. You said that's when you were born, and I had the privilege of being a season ticket holder back in the 1985 season. And the Bears season of last year is a very reminiscent to the 84 season uh, of the Bears with under Mike Ditka. They kind of came out of nowhere. They finished 883 and 84. They won 10 games for the first time in forever. And then, of course, the, the 15 and 1 season leading up to the Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 20. Would you talk a little bit about hypotheticals? And so, hypothetically speaking, the Bears were basically three plays away from only a one-loss season. The two missed field goals against New York and Miami, the dropped interception in week one that was right between the two and three in Kyle Fuller's hands, and two plays later, the Green Bay was in the end zone. And then you can even go so far as to say you take away the two special team plays against New England, and the Bears have a perfect season. Perfect season and of course, the double doink never happens because they're not playing in the wild card round. So that comes to our last question of, of the morning for you, Braggsy, and, and that is: Do you have any predictions for a record this year? Uh, you know, I see them being the same team they were last year. Uh, you know, ten to twelve wins. You know, maybe maybe they you know tw- over twelve seems a little rich with the schedule they have. All I know is this: they can win every game on their schedule. Like you said last year, they the the five losses they had, they could have won every single one of those games. They didn't have one game last year they got blown out in. You know, would they have gone undefeated if they? That's not how it works. You know, if they had won the first game, maybe they lose the second game. Uh, you know, sports aren't in a vacuum. It, if you it. it, it I believe the reason they had the season they had last year is because they lost the first game of the season and that taught them something that they could take with, you know, if they, they win their whole trajectory of the season changes, you just don't know how it shakes out. And so now here we are this year. And for me, it like last year, they started three and three and that they, they could afford that at the time because the division was weaker and they had the easiest part of their schedule was in the middle of the season. They had the Bills and the Jets and the they had all the by the Lions. It was like four straight bottom feeders, and they whooped all of them. And you know they they went on a huge run, and that catapulted them into the playoffs this season. Their easy part of their schedule is those first five games, and you know preseason looking at teams before the season sometimes it can be the complete opposite of what you believe you what you think the the Raiders are terrible and they could end up being the best team and and the Chiefs are the the best team in football they, by the time we play them they could everything could have exploded you just don't know how it's going to work out 
But for me, I know, like last year, I didn't know. I couldn't say I know they are the best team on the field every time they take the field. This year, I do know that. Now, does that mean they're going to win every game? No. So, you know, I, 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 I haven't gone through the week-to-week prediction. It's a week-to-week league for me. So this week, I predict them to win. We'll see how they look, and that'll determine how I predict for them against Denver. But what I do know just looking at the schedule is, their first five games are vital. They cannot start three and three like they did last year, because if you look at their last 10 games, they're much harder than they were last year. And granted this bears team gets up for the big games. They love the prime time and they have plenty of prime time games. They're playing in, but this team has to get out to a fast start. They cannot afford to lose the first game again to green Bay, and they cannot afford to start three and three. I need to see a beatdown of Green Bay, a plant your flag in the ground to the NFL. We are here. This is our time. No more parky crap is going to bail this league out. That's what I want to see week one. And then I'd like to see this team start four and one or better in the first five games. And I know that's asking a lot, but when you want to make the playoffs, you got to have a moment in your season where you go on a run. No better time for the Bears than the start of this season. Because if you look at their schedule, these are the teams they should be. That doesn't mean they will, but they should. And so let's see how it plays out. You know, if they want to make the playoffs, you can't, you, you, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's it, there's nothing more exciting though, because this is the most loaded team I've seen. They're, they are better than the 2006 team. And offensively, you know, there's people that have a lot of uncertainty, but in my opinion, when you have a defense like we do and then a play caller on offense that Mitch has, you know, I don't care who they had running out there and they're going to put up points. Now you add the fact that they actually have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. You know, their whole wide receiver room is stacked. Their running backs are stacked. The whole question everyone seems to have is the quarterback. You know my position on Mitch Trubisky, but everyone else seems to still be up up with a big question mark. You know, <laughs> that's why I can't wait for Thursday because I believe Mitch is going to do the things that fans need to see from him. Apparently, you know, he made the pro bowl as an alternate, which was voted in by the players. So he has the players respect from the league. Now he just and, needs the, to, and the coaches, too. right? People and now he just needs to earn it right. from the fans, I guess. Right. So, you know, but like, like I said, you know, the narratives are determined by wins and losses and, you know, uh, Jay Cutler's narrative could have been a lot different if he doesn't tear his knee in the NFC Championship. And uh, the ma- narrative on Mitch Trubisky is going to be written by wins and losses. It doesn't matter, you know, how he looks or what. No one knows about any of that. All anybody cares about are the wins and the losses. And and if he loses, if they blow it week one, you're going to have a lot of people on the other side of the coin yelling, I told you so about things that aren't necessarily so. It just happens in week one. Now, if they win, you're going to have all of Bears Twitter pulling out receipts like, we we told you. None of this none of this matters. Well, it's all what, about getting to the end of the season and winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> what, I think, what I think is most amazing, uh, and then we'll wrap up with you, is that People act like the Bears, the Bears of all teams have to have a top five quarterback 
who are these Bears fans that all of a sudden think that the Bears have to have a top five quarterback? It, it's crazy. Like, I mean, the greed of Bears fans. It's like we had the number one defense in the league. So, but you're not happy unless Mitch becomes a top five quarterback. Like, just relax. Like, number one, look at the teams that have won the Super Bowl. They don't always have, in fact, they rarely have, other than the Patriots, a, a quarterback who's a top five quarterback. Look at Aaron Rodgers. He's won one Super Bowl. Look at Drew Brees. He's won one Super Bowl. You do not need to have a an elite, super insane quarterback who's the number one pick in your fantasy draft to win the Super Bowl. It just isn't – you don't need to do it. And people are freaking out and acting like if Mitch doesn't become Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, has not won a Super Bowl and did not make it to the Super Bowl, that, that we're sunk. And it's just not reality. And the same thing goes for the kicker. Plenty of damn teams with bad to average kickers have won the Super Bowl. I mean, you can look at any Super Bowl run and you see, you know, the Giants when they were nine and seven and ten and six and won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Lawrence Tynes missed kicks in the playoffs. Lawrence Tynes missed kicks in the regular season. <laughs> we all need to just relax. I know it was hard to watch that parky kick and it hurt me just as much as anybody but we cannot as bears fans go off the deep end if pinheiro misses a kick like it, it just can't happen because it's all part of it you know and and the hard part about being a kicker is that everything you do is magnified um but you know it, 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 if you want to go back to that eagles game let's talk about the defensive series where all of a sudden they decided to have penalties and and you know and let's talk about the fourth down when the defense could have won the game and you know i mean we could talk about a lot of things parky took the brunt of it because it was this magnified moment but everybody in that locker room and on that team knows that there's other reasons they didn't win that game it just happened that way, and it sucks to be a kicker, and, you know, you, you, you get shown the door for stuff like that. But Bears fans just need to relax because it's not about Mitch and the kicker. It's about the whole team. And what, you know, uh, it's great is our whole team is badass. We got a great team behind those guys you know, and obviously they're important, but it's not going to be about those two guys. If Mitch is throwing the ball 50 times, we're probably in trouble. And if Pinheiro is the is 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 out there deciding whether or not we win the game, that's probably not a great situation either. So that's right. kind of you know how I feel is that you know we've got a, a really strong roster who, like you said, it's going to be in every game. They are going to be in every single game, and they have a great chance to win every single game. And what more can you ask for? I mean, really, uh, what can't. more can you ask for? Oh, I was looking at the, the Packers. You know, we have beaten them four times since 2010. Four times out of about 20. So, and, and now we feel like we're supposed to beat them, and that's an awesome feeling. Like, you know, let's enjoy that. Like, let's yeah. enjoy that and not be so crazy you know and and living on every single moment and going off the deep end and you know like you know uh getting getting you know nuts you know like just just enjoy this you know because these things don't come along very often this type of team doesn't come along very often we're not you know and not everybody can be the patriots you know everybody else just we're you're good every five years and hopefully it lasts for a couple seasons so just enjoy it 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, people just have so many different opinions on Mitch, but he's a winner, and he's proven it. He proved it last year. I'm not worried about Mitchell Trubisky one bit. You know, it, it, Tom Brady, like you said, with the Patriots, he was a uh, just a, a, a guy that moved the sticks for them initially when he replaced your blood. So he wasn't uh, the all-time great quarterback that we know him as today. And nowadays there is no patience in this league. Aaron Rodgers sat the bench for like four years before he got his turn. You know, Mitch is going to be fine. It's such a silly uh, debate when people try to act like he's still a bust. That was last year's conversation before he threw six touchdowns, before they won 12 games, before they made it to the playoffs, before he had one of the best second halves of any quarterback in playoff history. And yes, the kick decided the game ultimately, and they could have done more on both sides of the ball. I definitely agree with you there, but you know, it was the kick that lost the game. Mitch won that game for them. He pulled them out from the ground. They were buried dead and buried and Mitch and Tariq to his credit on the return pulled them out of the ground. And that's how I know this team is going to be fine. They have the heart. They have the will, the desire to be great, to be champions. It's not just, you know, uh, settling to uh, win a well, win a division, and they're not satisfied. You can totally see that when you go to camp. There was a much more focused energy this year, a lot less dancing, a lot less goofing around, a lot more eyes on the prize kind of mentality. And so it, I believe that this team will get to the mountaintop. Now, the Erlocker team, I thought they would too, and they didn't. So we're going to find out. Nothing's guaranteed to anybody. I the, uh, the Dodgers, they look like the best baseball team for the last eight years. They, they've still never win one. You know, I'm sorry. So it's like you just don't know. Nothing's guaranteed in sports. And that's what's fun about this. We're going to find out. But, um, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, it's just silly. You're absolutely right. People just uh, have to come to definitive conclusions before his career is even written, before he's even – into into it you know this is the season to criticize him if he looks shaky and you know uh, has a a passer rating under 50 and four picks kind of stuff but we're gonna find out let's it's all about context let's see how let's see how it goes but i have no question this team's gonna be great and no other quarterback in this league has the defense backing him that this quarterback does and that was why you saw the odds go from 200 to 1 to 50 to 1 in a day because it was just the same thing with the odds makers they're sitting there going ah Mitch is trash 200 to 1 and then everyone was like oh yeah he has a great team around him might want to drop these odds before we lose a lot of money on our ass when Mitch goes and wins MVP because they could potentially win 14 games you don't know and he could lead them, you know, and it, yeah, you could attribute it all to the defense because he's given them short fields and that's how they score five touchdowns a game. But you know what? The quarterback gets all the glory and gets all the blame. And that's just how the NFL goes. So hopefully he's getting all the glory. And I, I that's what I'm expecting. I'm sure that's what you guys expect, but you know, we're going to find out it knock on wood. The Bears can win by 55 points Thursday night, and we can really, really start to pump our chests out because that's I'm kind of like just poking my head out like as a fan with confidence, just kind of like I'm we're coming, but I don't want to like speak too highly on it because I just know how it works. You, you talk too much, and the football gods will strike you down, so you got to be real careful. <laughs> Everyone thought we were going to smoke show the Eagles, and we saw how that worked out. 
the sports are a law of averages. So I, I'm not going to get too brash before the game starts. I'll, I'll be harassing all the Packer fans I see in the lot, but it'll all be jovial. I, there's going to be no uh, pumping my chest out too hard, Adam, until, uh, until the players on the field get it done for me. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Greg Braggs Jr. It has been such a pleasure to have you on Halitech Hall, Greg. Hope you can come back on later on in the year. Oh, 100%. I'll come on anytime you guys need. Uh, appreciate you guys. Always um, fun to come on and talk bears with you guys. Double A, you know, you're, you guys are good friends. And I, I hope to see you guys Thursday somewhere in the in Grant Park or tailgate lot, south lot, or maybe even in the stadium if I can find my way. You know, I'll be doing everything I can to get into the party. Awesome. So, All right. Uh, Bradley, thanks so much. Thanks again uh, to Greg Braggs. You can check him out, uh, Greg Braggs Jr. on Twitter, uh, Shy Fans in the Stands, uh, over on the Bears Barroom Radio Network. Um, so check him out. Uh, check out all his stuff. Listen to his shows. That show's on every Tuesday. Uh, you guys broadcast live on MixLR, right? Yes, sir. Eight. Uh, we we went from eight thirty. Now we're at uh, nine thirty. But I think we're starting nine fifteen today. Real computer. Nine fifteen tomorrow night. But yeah, right. Tuesday night live on MixLR. Round nine, nine fifteen. We're gonna have Jim Cornelison, this anthem singer from the Blackhawks and the Bears on, and we're gonna be talking Bears Packers. I really appreciate all your support, and I look forward to seeing you guys for sure on Thursday. Awesome, man. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was, like I said, the incomparable Greg Braggs Jr. You got to check out his podcast, Shy Fans in the Stands. It is absolutely outstanding. And in all deference to Greg, who who is uh, very uh, uh, self-effacing, he's probably one of the smartest men in that bar room that uh, is broadcast on MixLR. It's a great show, so please uh you got to sponsor all of the Bears Twitter podcasts. They all do great. Uh, we're just uh, another another branch in that that Twitter Bears Twitter tree. So uh, you got to you got to listen to everybody because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Aaron, we're going to talk a little bit Bears history because that's what we do here on Halitech Hall. We're going to go back to the Packer killer, you know, we've we've been sitting through the last 20 years of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre just absolutely destroying the Bears. But, you know, they've won, I don't know, how many games? Like you said, uh, out of the last 10 games, we've only won two or three uh, going all the way back into the 90s. Um, you know, the Packers won 10 straight at one stretch. Uh, so look at how much room that that the Bears had in terms of a lead in this rivalry. They were up by over 20 games going into the Brett Favre era. Uh, there was one quarterback who seemed to be the, the Packer killer, and like we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes, he's a quarterback that had a hell of a defense around him. We just talked about him just a minute ago because he's going to be uh, at the uh, Bears pregame celebration, and that's none other than the punky QB, Jim McMahon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a, he's a perfect example of a guy that, 
you know, it never lit up the stat sheet. If fantasy football was uh, as popular back in 85, you would not pick Jim McMahon as your fantasy quarterback. I can tell you that much. So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, he made plays and the offense did what they needed to do. He had, uh, you know, the best running back of all time as well, uh, which didn't hurt. And so, you know, it's it's uh, it, it just goes to show you it takes a whole team to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and Kevin Butler was no world beater as a kicker either, even though he made some big kicks. He made some big, big kicks and everybody has been been just pining for Robbie Gold. In Robbie Gold's first year uh, with the Bears, he, I think he only uh, had 76% of his field goals were good. He was absolutely terrible outside of 39 yards. He only he only kicked uh, eight kicks uh, between 40 and 49 yards his rookie year, and he missed five of the eight. He did not have any kicks beyond 50 yards. I don't know if he even had the opportunity. They probably punted because it just he was just terrible outside of 39 yards. He was deadly within, but not so good after him. He worked on his craft and became one of the most accurate kickers, not only in Bears history, but in NFL history. So uh, I hope that it doesn't come down to an Eddie Pinheiro kick, but if it does, I hope he nails it right split between the uprights. He kicked that 58-yard field goal. Um, and just absolutely split the uprights, and it was just great to see. The kick that he had, um, the first kick that he had against the Tennessee Titans where he just absolutely shanked the extra point, I think that, that he still had the entire weight of the city of Chicago on his shoulders, and he went to the sidelines, and he got talked up by, the, by Tabor, and Nagy came over, patted him on the back, and said, relax, you're my kicker. And he came back and nailed three field goals in a row. The Bears and the Packers rivalry is almost 200 games strong. The very first time the Bears and Packers ever met, the Bears shut out the Green Bay Packers, 20 to nothing. George Halas even caught a touchdown pass. In 19, I'm sorry, in 2006, the Bears played. Green Bay to open the season. This time it was in Green Bay. It was Devin Hester's rookie year. They shut out Green Bay and went to the Super Bowl. So let's hope that karma is uh, on our side because we started this season. The Bears started camp on Walter Payton's birthday. The Super Bowl is in Miami, where they lost the last time they were in the Super Bowl. It's named after Brian Urlacher. It's Super Bowl 54. It's the anniversary of the passing of George Hallis. It's also the wedding anniversary of Virginia McCaskey to, to uh, her husband. It's also the wedding anniversary of Coach Nagy and his lovely wife. So what would be more fitting this year, karma-wise, for the Bears to travel back to Miami the last time they were in the Super Bowl and make amends for that loss to the Indianapolis Colts with a Bears victory in Super Bowl Urlacher? So with that, uh, Aaron, any last words? 
Uh, no, I mean, I think one thing that's going to be uh, probably a sort of interesting side note is that uh, Jay Cutler uh, is going to be at the game as a fan. Um, so uh, that was sort of an interesting uh, thing this week is that he is doing commercials um, with Dos Equis and also promoting um, Very Cavalieri. And his wife is going to be opening up one of her clothing stores in Chicago. So he's been... Uh, he went on Waddle and Sylvie and sort of just was like, yeah, we'll be at the game. And they were like, wait, what are you going to be like part of the festivities? He's like, nope, we're just going as fans. And so I said, wow, that's something. Um, so, of course, you know, this sparked all the, the Cutler conversations again. Um, but should be interesting. Um, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's going to be something, man. I mean, I'll tell you, the um, – the anticipation is like nothing that we've felt. Uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm nervous, um, and uh, but I but I feel good about this team. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, as we just got to celebrate the anniversary of getting Khalil Mack, we have Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, so even if even if uh, you know the offense doesn't do so fantastic, yes, Mr. Halitek wearing. <laughs> Mr. Khalil Max jersey, um, you know, we have that. I mean, and, and look at the game that he put up last year. That game was unbelievable. Guy basically comes in off the street, puts on a Bears jersey, and just looks like a superhero. And you think he's not – doesn't want to doesn't wanna make uh, amends for losing that game? I mean, this guy is so driven. And then you've got Akeem Hicks, and then you've got – you know, uh, Eddie Jackson, and you've got HaHa Clinton Dix, who is so motivated to beat this team. I don't care what he says publicly. He is burning hot to beat the Packers and prove them wrong. And there's just a lot of motivated, focused guys on, on that team. And I'm excited, man. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it, for us to feel like we sh- we are the better team opening up the season against the Packers, don't don't take that for granted. <laughs> that is a feeling that Bears fans have not often had. Um, and like you said, I mean, you know, the wins against the Packers have come few and far between in the last 20 years. And uh, so it's it's going to be exciting. We hope to see you guys out there. We thank you for listening. Um, we thank you for uh, our sponsorship from TickSplits. Please go on TickSplits.com. Uh, no fees, and you can find tickets to any event that you want um, out there at all. We appreciate that. Uh, please follow the podcast. Please rate and review us. Uh, remember, when we get to 500 followers, uh, we are going to give away tickets uh, to a game. And then if you want to join the other contest, you need to email us at halitechhall at gmail uh, and give us your name and your Twitter or your social media handle. Uh, and we are going to be choosing one winner uh, for tickets for that game, courtesy of TickSplit. So, um, guys, take advantage of this. Um, I don't see a lot of other uh, sites giving away tickets. Um, there's people giving away jerseys and footballs and um, tchotchkes, but I don't see a lot of other sites giving away tickets. So uh, support us, spread the word. Uh, We're here for you, uh, for all your current and historical needs for the Bears. Uh, So uh, thanks so very, very, very much. 
Hey, everybody. We really appreciate your listening to our podcast. We try to give you a little bit of history about the Bears every week because a lot of our listeners are in their 20s and 30s, and they didn't get a chance to see the Walter Paytons, the Jim McMahons, the Dan Hamptons, the Gail Sayers, Dick Butkus, and, and George Hallis roaming the sidelines. Uh, as the co-host of Halitech Hall, I'm, I'm the guy that kind of brings a lot of the history. Aaron is, uh, is uh, doing a lot on his own as well. Uh, I had the pleasure of sitting in the stands and watching George Hallis roam the sidelines. I was a preteen, but I was there. And the rich history of Bears football has coursed through my veins ever since I can remember. Uh, I want to dedicate this episode to my father who passed away uh, in 1972, so he didn't get the chance to see the Super Bowl era and the Walter Paytons of the world as well. But if it wasn't for his passion for the Bears, I wouldn't be the Bears fan that I am today. So, Dad, I hope you're listening. Aaron, it's a great show. And we want to thank Greg Braggs one last time. you got to listen to his podcast, Shy Fans in the Stands. So with that, we appreciate the sponsorship from TickSplits. And we will come to you probably Friday after the Bears game to go over what we hope is the first of many victories on our march to Miami in the, 19, in the 2019 season.